commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! Core World News. You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grace Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your holiday news service providing in depth coverage of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, for your new segment rundown for May 20th, 2022. Old Ben's Hermit Hut, featuring an Obi-Wan Kenobi deep dive. But first, this news. All right, thank you very much, Grex. Welcome, yeah. everyone, to this uh, new edition of Core World News. This is episode 237, I think? Oh. Um, so uh, we're chugging right along here. And this, uh, as it turns out, is a, is a big week for Star Wars, because... We got a Vanity Fair piece that came out. We're going to talk about the news right now. Um, obviously, we've got Obi-Wan coming out next week and Star Wars Celebration coming out next weekend. Um, so we wanted to get everyone primed on Obi-Wan. But this Vanity Fair piece, these are usually reserved for like before movies, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was I, I was honestly shocked this happened. Shocked might be an overstatement, but surprised. I, it's just especially with with uh, Celebration you know, on the horizon next week, I thought it was going to be all quiet, nothing coming out for another week. And then suddenly they dropped this with a lot, a lot of information in this thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, an exclusive, like with Lucasfilm and you get interviews with Kathleen Kennedy, Diego Luna, like it's awesome. Like you get uh, like Tony Gilroy and kind of like you get an insight into Andor, which was so cool. Like mm-hmm, just to yeah. hear, and like, obviously the articles titled, uh, the rebellion will be televised. Um, you know, obviously the Gil Scott Heron sort of um, connection, but uh, also we're going to see the rebellion. Like we're going to see the rebellion in Andor. Like that's super exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it was a ton of information on pretty much everything that's about to come out. It was like a state of the Star Wars union. Um, you know, this thing. It's and then like the the signature is Annie Leibovitz's uh, photography, which is astounding. Mm-hmm. I think she's been taking photos since seventy seven. Yeah. Right. So. Um, yeah, it's a special thing. It's like it's it's part of the ritual that is being a Star Wars fan. I just didn't see it coming um, before this this Obi Wan piece, and and I thought it was a nice touch in it. Uh, it was good timing. It really makes um, Obi Wan feel special, and it's raising my expectations even further than than where they already were. Yeah, I don't think it's possible for me to be more excited about this series. <laughs> I I am nervous currently about how excited I am about this. Like, I was excited about yeah. The Mandalorian because it's our first TV show. I was excited about Boba Fett, but I was a little whatever about it. And this is like, I might be more excited about this show than, this might be the most excited I've been since the Star Wars movie for this show. And yeah. that makes me nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it connects uh, a lot of threads from Revenge of the Sith and sort of into uh, A New Hope because um, it's really fertile ground right there, 10 BBY. Obi-Wan going on an epic adventure like it's it's seems like it's the the Obi-Wan show of our dreams so I'm super excited for that the photography again Annie Leibovitz this article just has stunning photos of all the actors in their costumes Hayden Christensen back like the anticipation for this film is like off the charts or this show is off the charts I I can't wait time wise I mean if we're saying if I can get a little mathy right here um, if we get six episodes and they're each 45 minutes each, that's essentially a three, the length of three feature films. So we're essentially going to get a trilogy doled out an Obi-Wan trilogy doled out over, you know, a series of 
four or five weeks, I guess. Yeah, just about. Or yeah. really, I mean, not to get technical, but you did use the term mathy. Um, yeah, let's go I, there. I, I I'd the say it's closer to two movies because that would be four and a half hours i think if it was six 45 minutes and you know how star wars movies are now but still like two two, and a half two 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 giant feature films but yeah Yeah. i do think it's going to be like a noir swashbuckling caper though i don't think Uh, it's going to be a sort of epic or anything like that so i wouldn't it's not going to cover the ground that a film would you know in terms of like yeah the ebb and flow of the the dark side and the for in the the galaxy and then so actually you know what it might given it's Vader and and Obi Wan going head to head it might it might yes. yeah. here's the thing it's as we talked about in our in our pillars episode it's Star Wars is ensemble storytelling and I'm sure there'll be an ensemble in Obi Wan but this is this is going to be a deep dive into a character in a way that we haven't gotten before right like yeah. I was going to I had all this thing planned last night to sit down and just watch the obi-wan bits of the prequels i didn't get around to that because life's been busy but i realized that's probably something i could do in about two hours like if you were just to skip to the obi-wan parts in all three trilogies you can probably do that in two hours like that character you know is an important part but is not like a lot of screen time i know and we're going to talk more about obi-wan specifically in the Mm -hmm. next segment and i actually kind of want to talk about it in two in two halves one which i want to do first is his life after this show and then his life before the show. Um, yeah. Oh, that's like great. That. Yeah. I like that. But, um, but for now though, why don't we, why don't we dip right back into this article? Cause I didn't want to yeah. miss anything because it's, there's so much fun stuff here. It starts with Diego Luna and talking about Andor and, and pretty much Diego Luna's relationship, you know, even before he got into rogue one, um, with star Wars, but there's, um, I don't know, in his relationship with Tony Gilroy, they were like super close. They, you know, and I forgot Tony Gilroy wrote uh, Michael Clayton. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. one of the best movies. Its screenplay is outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding, um, right? And then and he was just like, he, you know, Gilroy called Diego Luna and it's like, listen, it's you and me, ride or die. Let's go. Like, I'm not doing this without you. We're going to we take this the whole way. And and it's, you know, the the culmination of that is now the series that they're able to write. And we got a lot of insight. We've you know, we've talked about what we thought this show would be. I think we talked about like Skyfall um, and a bunch of different things. But, you know, Luna said it's really about refugees and what it's like to constantly be on the move and like being forced to go from one place to other, which I thought was really prescient, like um, and current. And also really a really exciting Star Wars story. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's going to showcase sort of like the Empire asserting its dominance in the galaxy. Yeah. Kind of like just tyrannically sort of taking over planet by planet. Um, and I imagine Andor is a, is has to move on from his world or or something tragic will happen wherein he has to move and, and migrate and across the galaxy. And yeah. It's going to push him into corners uh, of the galaxy he, he maybe didn't intend to go to. It's going to change him. Uh, it's going to be an epic journey. Like I cannot wait. And you got Tony Gilroy writing. He wrote all mm-hmm. the born all the born movies. He wrote yeah. uh, Michael Clayton. Like the action's going to be superb. He really he knows action. He knows and he knows obviously he knows the spy genre. And and what do we know about Obi Wan? I mean he's a sleuth. He's a he's a spy. Like Andor's a a, a spy. Like they're like he he's kind of nailed like the that 
that spy espionage side of Star Wars. You know, like that's yeah. Uh, he he'll crush. He'll crush in this movie. Right. And we yeah. haven't spent a lot of money on Andor as well. It's a lot of live action sets. It's not. You know, I'm yep. sure they did a bunch of stuff in the volume. We found out in this article they have five volumes now. I think there's one in Pinewood in uh, England. England. There's three in California. And then there's one in Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. So um, five of these things. So which is great. Yeah. That means more. Yeah. yeah. Technology is advancing quickly. They're they're putting more of these the LED panel walls sort of like in sound stages all around the world. And even the Batman, if you look at the behind the scenes in the Batman, yeah. that is there's a, a lot of volume around those sets. It's the it's going to be in wide use in the next everything you know, ten years everything yeah. including small independent films like it's going to be the great great equalizer in right. filmmaking I really think it's going to be interesting to see how it's used Thor Love um, and Thunder again yeah, yeah. stagecraft so yeah um you know I think Andor might be the show that gives us the least gives us something that's least familiar about Star Wars and what I mean by that that is really clunkily put together but you know. And so far in the shows, I feel like the Mandoverse is trying really, really, really hard to connect to the original trilogy, right? It's really taking a Lucas approach to a lot of it. It feels very Lucas-y. Um, I think Obi-Wan's going to feel very prequely. The more I see of the previews, I feel like they're going, which is great. And I feel like this, just with all of the bona fides that you just listed, is going to be its own thing. Like, I think they're going to take a bit of the Marvel approach of, like, let's just tell a specific type of story in this universe. And we might get a spy thriller, so, right? So when you yeah. say prequely, do you mean, like, large scope, sort of, like, galaxy-wide interactions between characters? Sort of, like, you know, yeah, whoever yeah. survived the purge is reaching out to Obi-Wan. This sort of, like, story that's going to take Obi-Wan across the stars and... You're going to get a sense of like the politics of those senates that those senators that maybe remain in the imperial senate, which is like, I guess, mm -hmm. controlled by like the regional governors or like is about to be or like, I guess they might be in, in fear that it's going to be terminated. Right. Like the Senate. Yeah. Will be, yeah. So they're they living in fear that the Senate will be terminated. And so. even just Obi-Wan. And the other way, I mean, prequel is even just in the color palette, like right behind Grant right now, like he has he has the scene right. of the Grand Inquisitor walking through. I can't remember the name of that. It's not Narshadar, but basically yeah. it's Narshadar. Oh, oh, right. It's it's the fifth yeah. cousin. But, you know, it, 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 the fifth cousin, I just said. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> My second cousin. I want. Yeah. That's the SNL bit I want. Yeah. The cousin. And it's just. You yeah. Know. As long as you don't give us baby Yoda anymore, because if I never have to see that 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 clip done by the worst person ever to be on Saturday Night Live. Oh, sorry. Now, anyway, wow. moving on. It's turning yeah. into a yeah, yeah, different different type of podcast. Apparently, I'm a little rawer than I was expecting to be. Uh, anyway, moving on. But I feel like you know some of the the visuals. There's like brighter color palettes, right? Like it just weirdly in an Obi Wan, it just looks. I don't know. It looks like it's just feeling like the prequels in a good way. Well, that's that's interesting you say that because uh, there's a lot planned in terms of the interconnected story and the sort of like timeline of the galaxy. In it's talked about in this article, like they like they really explain almost like the far-reaching plan for all of their media endeavors, like in terms of all the shows and what's coming. And mm -hmm. there's even a new show announced in this article. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Uh, absolutely blew my mind, and it's um, it's the the show we've always wanted. It it seems like it's the the rise of Luke's Jedi Temple, and um, 
all those sort of Padawans therein uh, and, and that story. And I, I guess it's going to be helmed by John Watts, uh, director of Spider-Man. Um, Far From Home, No Way Home, um, Homecoming, obviously. Written by Chris uh, Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Guys, <laughs> I, I'm pumped for this. Sh- this. This is the show, right? Yeah, well, wow. I think so. So this is Grant's guess. What do they call this show? Because they named a working title related they, to the, the Simpsons episode. They na- yeah, they named it after the Simpsons episode Grammar Rodeo. Yeah. Where, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> Bart Simpson, they, like, fake a um, a field trip and then just, like, go on this, like... There's you know, definitely a seat. Bart of this academy, then, of this... Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, funny. Yeah. That, they, uh, they, that episode has an amazing joke where he thinks cruise control means that the car drives itself. <laughs> I just remember that joke. Watched it many times. Okay. Yeah. Um, just driving through a corn. Field. The only real details we get from this um, is that uh, we get a casting notice has been called for four children around 11 to 12 years old. It's actually a pretty tight window. Inside Lucasfilm, the show is being described as a galactic version of classic Amblin coming yeah. of age adventure films of the 80s. So. Right. It's a Spielbergian sort of Amblin production. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I imagine also like Stranger Things might be an influence. Like Things, I'm sure they looked right. at the numbers on Stranger Things and they were like, we need a Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what Grant is jumping to is that this is these kids are headed towards Luke's uh, yeah. Luke school. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I agree with Grant on this. It just based on that description, it feels like it based on, you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is basically what if Stranger Things met Ghostbusters. Right. Um, you know, I feeling and, and with that, you know, with that movie, the whole thing is like seeking out a legacy character. So I wonder if part of this is is I, I part of me feels like we're not going to get a ton of Luke. And part of me might be it might be a quest to find find Luke. Yeah. Luke. Right. Ooh, like these kids come together to find Luke. They're like, yeah. great, we're saved and we're safe in this school. Nothing could possibly go wrong. He's like, I'm on Camino. I erased it from the wreck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll never, they'll never find me. And but they'll never find me here. What could possibly go wrong? I love that actually. They dropped that in that um Boba Fett episode where Ahsoka says, This is the safest place in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. Until, for now. Until yeah. young Ben Solo comes along. Yeah um yeah so we don't have it but i mean that's a pretty good guess so that's a fun one um just to put a punctuation mark on and or uh there's a spoiler in here um they he says you know it starts with spoiler alert everybody um it starts with uh cassian andor's planet being destroyed Hmm. so and then he's just on the run and then it's about him trying you know just constantly being on the run and then what makes him stop and what, you know, he gives his whole life to the, to the, um, rebellion. Uh, ultimately we know that. So like, what's the, the character's motivation for that? So, um, yeah, that's, I wonder why they would glass his planet or destroy his planet. If like, what was the transgression? Was there just fierce resistance against Imperial rule? Like, is there a resource there? Like, why would they destroy an entire planet? It's kind of, yeah. And I don't know. That. It's pre-Death Star, right? So they didn't actually use the Death Star yeah. to destroy it, so right. it must be slightly metaphorical. I think or... you will see that as a location in this show, by the way, the Death Star construction and sort of yeah. who's working yeah. on the Death Star and sort of like on like a sort of engineering level. Oh, like, you know, not so, not the grand architect in um, 
uh, Galen Urso, but like more of the Poggle the Lesser the contractors on the Poggle the Lesser and stuff. Yeah. yeah, the people, <laughs> right? And like almost like the people in spacesuits, just like out there in the in the the construction site, right? Like, yeah. I hope we get there. I hope we see some of that. I wouldn't mind Andor kind of sneaking through that. That would be cool with some boffins or something. Yeah. So for, for Sean Hayes' uh, sister Tracy, uh, if you've read the 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 aftermath books um sorry that was yeah a different podcast reference it's very um they we find out in aftermath the beginnings of the death star were created by the geonosians those like insect like creatures yeah uh, creating it so we might like that's the very first part where they're just essentially scrabbling this thing together and mining for resources so that's about where we are in the timeline so that it would be pretty pretty cool yeah Um, but yeah i also I was going to say, I also wonder if they want another bite at the apple with Grand Moff Tarkin. Now that they've kind of perfected the face replacement stuff. And, and, you know, related to this, Captain Kennedy also said, the other quote I found was uh, talking about Solo and Alden Ehrenreich. This this one read me a little bit the wrong way. We talked about it. It said, um, basically, they talked about um, there should be moments along the way when you learn things in Kennedy. Now it does seem so abundantly clear that we can't do that. And it seems to be, she seems to be saying recasting legacy characters. characters. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't think, I don't think the issue with Solo's performance was Alden Ehrenreich. I will, no, defend, I will defend his, his Han till the oh. day I die. Yeah, yeah. But there um, was a sort of like polished, almost like, I, I don't want to like, compare these two things but almost like a cw aspect to like how quickly disney rushed in to do legacy characters where it's like oh yeah it's yeah, almost yeah. like oh this is another version of han solo but it's like a younger you know uh, handsome actor of the day and i'm like uh, like you really you kind of like you kind of just need to make new characters at this point yep. because uh, 100%. It's, it's just it yeah. it makes better sense and it's and the the movies are so well done that you should maybe you just want to pay tribute to them. That's almost my thinking is like if the movies were kind of like if there was things left hanging or, or or there was wanting from the audience in terms of the characters and their arcs and stuff, maybe like recast them and whatever. But like they're so beautifully handled by George that it's like I don't know why you would recast. It's just right. It seems seems like you could just tell new stories at this point. I know. But I don't and think we're going to happen. I think they just have gotten so confident with the face replacement stuff. We're going to get. Yes. Face replacement. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think Grant speaking to a larger issue where it's like, mm-hmm. do we have to tie in legacy characters to every new story? And obviously not. when we get to Acolyte, we're going to be way out. Um, but, you know, and, and then we, we've got Obi-Wan and like, so all of a sudden Hayden Christensen's back and Vader's in this. And like, that's a big shock. It's like, does he, and I, I feel Personally, like Mandalorian was a great show when all the ca- characters were completely new. And then that was, I mean, almost the whole first season. It was just like we didn't know, we didn't have ties to any other character from any other IP in Star Wars. And I thought it worked perfectly fine. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they'll go that way. We'll sort of, you know, I think it's just going to take time. They're going to milk these things. Solo happened because Kaz didn't have a script. I, and I think that was that was it. And he was just like, I want to make this movie. And they're like, we need a movie. And they made it. Um, What's crazy to me is I didn't have an adverse reaction to Alden Ehrenreich. I actually no, really no, liked his performance. And I actually oh, yeah. really wanted to see almost like a series with that character. Yeah. And yeah. um, and I loved Donald Glover's Lando. And I think yeah. I want the Lando series more than anything else. And I'm hoping that series gets an, announced soon. I know it was announced in a sort of... Hey, it was... Whatever, but it... 
just it would be cool to see something from that in terms of like the creators, uh, Donald Glover's writing it or whatever. It was not named in this article, was it? I know it wasn't. Nope. Not yeah, named. that does not bode. Guys, well. we did get yeah. the film slate, though. We did get the <laughs> film slate. We have Taika Waititi's movie coming first. Sure. In the yeah. pipeline. That's awesome. And, there's, and then Rogue Squadron is still, I guess, in development. Um, yeah. I imagine, like, I hope John Knoll and I hope some of like, the ILM sort of veterans are connected to Rogue Squadron. I hope it's like the X-Wing sort of like opera that we've always wanted to sort yeah. of like. Yeah. Starfighter epic, like I, I don't know, like I hope it's that film, but um, yeah, Wedge and Tilly's that could be. I mean, yeah, yeah. In, in the in the class, like I'm ready for it now to just be an original trilogy era, and like like you said, Grant, just like classic almost space like, opera, almost like maybe Nolan like style, like it's like yeah. Dunkirk, almost like it's <laughs> just like yeah. really atmospheric, and we're like really in those cockpits. Like I sure, I'm hoping that's what the experience is like. Like a uh, Top Gun Maverick, guys. Are you guys excited for Top Gun Maverick? Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen a preview of it, so I can't I'm speak. I'm pumped. I am like beyond pumped. I'm amped for that that movie. All uh, I know about it is that uh, uh, Cruz said that he absolutely would not let it be streamed first. It needed to come out on the big screen. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I love that movie. Like I heard the. In- I thought I heard, I heard uh, conversely that he wanted it to be on streaming he was like i don't care like you won't get the full magnitude of it, See what it there's just misinformation out there man i don't know i, I don't know no uh, that makes perfect sense because he's a vanguard all i know he's is he's a wrong. vanguard of the of the film <laughs> of the motion pictures um sort of like movie theater going yeah experience yeah yeah um so I, i'm anyways, sure i'm sure i'm gonna see it in the theater my wife's gonna drag me to that one her family grew up i'll be there top gun yeah i'm not gonna watch it <laughs> um, yeah, so we have uh, Taika first, which I don't think we had a date around it. Um, then Patty Jenkins, nope. they, she was pretty, uh, Kennedy was pretty vague about that, too. That one's further out, quote unquote. Um, and then uh, she was asked about the the Feige uh, movie. And she was even more vague with that. But it sounded like there was literally nothing <laughs> yep. there. She was like, I yeah. would love to see what movie he might come up with. That's a yeah. sentence. That yeah. is a sentence and a half. <laughs> Yeah, that means so, nothing. There is no script. Uh, I think is yeah. And or deal John, John Watts has also steered away from his Fantastic Four film with Feige and now moved to this Star Wars project. So yeah. it makes me think that even though they're both under Disney, I, I the, they're two different orgs and they're not. They're two different yeah. firms. They're not going to, you know, uh, be working on the same projects or sharing talent. I, like they're so busy making such giant you know, works. So also, I think, I think I don't know how to say this. Marvel was moving like a well-oiled machine. Uh, phase four has been somewhat bumpy for Marvel with Eternals and, and some of the other reviews and some of the TV shows. So I'm wondering if Feige like, is just like, yeah. I don't have time to race Star Wars right now. I got to try to write this ship over here a little bit. I think, I think the problem that Marvel's having right now is you, there are things that you thought would be more consequential, but they end up being sort of inconsequential. Yeah. And you don't think about them weeks beyond viewing them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think in the, the recent series and recent film that just came out, uh, and I worry about the future of Marvel, of Marvel, given that I was hoping that the Kang thread was sort of going to, burst and sort of spill into all the other films and uh it's it's kind of not there but and then uh in in sort of um some of the newer projects that uh, there's no yeah i thought kang just, was gonna be a moon knight we just I don't kang know was gonna be in 
Doctor Strange. I thought Kang was going to be, you know, like, yeah, I thought he was going to be the new Stan Lee of every film, like almost in the background of every film. Like I was like, Kang should be everywhere now because now that he's here, like I almost I'm almost fascinated. And then I mean, he broke the sort of like the the, the universe at the end of that uh, show. I'm like, well, wouldn't that have, the multiverse? Wouldn't yeah. that affect I think every great. I think every- you and I off air talked about trying to like have Disney digitally add him into all the other old movies as well. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, now yeah, that yeah. now think, that the yeah, timeline's working, put him in every like, movie at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think that'd be real, I think there's precedent for it, honestly, in the storytelling. Bring back Star Wars. I think that might be why Feige and Kennedy are kind of like a little not talking about it because he had to kind of probably rush back and well it's massive tapestries right like these in, these macro interconnected macro stories or it's it's like you once you've started they you can't it's it's like uh you know it's like a bullet train it's going to keep going with or without yep. you and you're you're just holding on and it's so much story you have to get out there and so much story you have to connect um i think she does talk about interconnected um fans kind of wanting inter- interconnected story uh, out of Star Wars. And uh, I did for a long time. I did hope the sequels connected to the original trilogy. That was my huge hope. I was like, I was really hopeful that the sequels would connect to the original trilogy in a, in a, in a meaningful way. Like the shadow of the empire sort of like lingering over those films. And it, it did. It was successful to a degree. Like, and at the very, the, the final film, Rise of Skywalker, I feel like J.J. really tried to show that the shadow of the Empire, you know, still um, uh, sort of like torments the galaxy. And um, and that was great. But at this point, like, I I really not looking for any more connected material because that that needed to be connected. And then I think in these other I don't think I think at this point with the stories that we can tell and the technology we have, it's like, let's explore all types of all corners of the galaxy and different eras and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Let's go, let's go to different eras at this point. Let's explore new art direction, new art style. Yeah. I think that's the huge, the huge part of all of that stuff is new concept art, like a new concept for, you know, architecture, costuming, you know, the, um, sort of like technology, starships, that, that sort of that movement. It's almost like movements really within star Wars. And, uh, I'm I'm hopeful that we get a new one soon, and we are, I guess, in the High Republic. It, there's a, yeah. a different pastiche there that we're seeing, and then, you know, I'm a, there's we've seen more ancient lightsaber hilts at this point, and sort of like what that signifies, what those eras might have looked like. So I'm hoping for that more medieval Star Wars look at some point. And if Taika's movie is going to be this kind of exploration of when those cross guard hilts were around the High Republic and and that sort of that era of opulence, like I'm excited. So. Yeah. We'll see. I love oh. it. Uh, what about Ryan Johnson? Oh yeah, oh. It, does, it sounds <laughs> like he's here? quite busy. He's well, you busy. know what? They're they're kind of that deal. That Netflix deal was like what a hundred million dollars for Daniel yeah. Craig and like for Ryan Johnson as well. And like they're just they're very liquid. These movies, these Knives yeah. Out films are going to be going for years. I think well, it's like a it's a ten it, year five, deal, ten movie yeah. deal. Wow. Yeah, ten it's, year deal. So uh, yeah. ten year deal is probably like four or five movies. And I don't blame Ryan Johnson because like after. A directing a Star Wars is a huge undertaking. B being just having to like and and he just doesn't duck and cover at all. Like he's just out yeah. there online mm-hmm. constantly engaging. Fighting the trolls and the Yeah. And I'm like, he's probably like, you know what? I like making these really thoughtful, like Perar Perot uh yeah. pastiches, right? Like yeah. like Agatha, Agatha Christie. And I mean I, I want to see a Star Wars. I'm also really excited for like four more Knives Out movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, me too. I, yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, again, I, you know, Ben and I talked about this off air and um, it was like, 
I like Knives Out, but almost my favorite part of Knives Out, I think, was the Anna de Armas character, like yeah, Martha. Yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if the Daniel Craig, the the, the Foghorn Leghorn, sort of like Blanc, <laughs> yeah. like if, if yeah. he's Benoit Blanc, if he's like the most interesting part of that movie. And like, he's not in Poirot. No. Poirot is kind of the most interesting part of that story. And I'm like, this is a new sort of like character, <laughs> sort of like idea uh, formula for this like making like really honing into the the victims and sort of like exploring one victim as like uh sort of like the real key sort of like yeah and yeah. i but i think ryan johnson's character motivation thoughtful yeah. about that about surrounding that character who just seems bored like i think that character's whole motivation is i'm so smart i'm bored like he's he walks in like he walks in the knives out he had figured it out like five minutes into it and it was just like yeah, yeah. watching it unfold and so I think it's about surrounding him for really interesting characters. Did you any did either of you see the new Death on the Nile? Yeah, uh, no, movie? I refuse to watch that movie. Yeah, it's not good, in my opinion. And Carly and I kept yelling at the yelling at the thing. When is the death on the Nile going <laughs> to happen? It takes like an hour and a half for the death to happen. Like yeah, and it's right. just like okay like. They just don't surround him with very interesting characters the in that movie. Much yeah, the novel is great. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think they did a good job. And I think Grant, that's right, is like in, in a lot of ways, the master detective in in these in these novels and movies are kind of the least interesting. It's about the cast of characters surrounding them. And the original Knives Out was so good in that that I'm hoping he'll be able to do that with the sequels. Just find really great character actors. Yeah. Yeah. If you great uh, comedy too. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. I would suggest really if funny you like writing. this. This genre uh, endeavor is fantastic. It's on um, it's on Amazon and it's very good. And uh, but that's one where you actually care about the where the investigator is one of the most interesting parts. Mm. And they mm. do it in a very organic way. He doesn't have supernatural powers. He's just good and um, and flawed. Yeah. And uh, and it's a, a really it's a really cool story. Um, but so. All right. So Ryan's out. There was another quote that I was searching for here, but I just can't seem to find it because this is like a 10,000 word um, article in Vanity Fair. Um, where I think Kathy's just like what we've we've decided is we just we just need new directors. We need some new blood. And right. um, and so that's I think that's what she's doing right now is trying to find uh, you know, new directors and new directions. And you know, hey, Ryan got his bite of the apple. I'd love to see more movies from him. It doesn't sound like it's gonna happen in the next decade to you know, according to this. Um, but that's fine because there's other fantastic directors and movie yep. makers out there. And I, I want to see their perspective on the star Wars galaxy. It's just, you know, there's a lot from Deborah Chow here. She sounds like a super fan and like really gets it. And, um, you know, I'm excited about that. You know, we've, we've talked about, we've had entire episodes about who would be great movie makers. So, yeah. um, that was and, encouraging to me was that she's like, no, we're going to find some new people to get in here and that will breed its own. I mean, it's not going to all be I the Clone verse, you know, it's not going to be like just all the Clone Wars characters getting, being recycled or everything in the same area, you know? Yeah. Well, you're going to Yeah. I don't think it's just directors though. I think it's also writers. I think, yeah, I think yeah. it's who, who knows the sort of like Voice. spiritual, you know, progression for these stories and sort of like, where should we go at this point and what's important? Cause like, I really, it's hard to find frameworks to like leave the Skywalker saga, even though everyone wants to get out of here. Everyone wants to get out of this timeline, yeah. but where do we go and how do we get there? That's logical and connects to like the overarching story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, we said know. it last week that's and we tough. should say it again. Charles Sewell is uh, maybe yep. the best Star Wars right. writer out there right now. Yeah. hundred percent. 
The other thing that makes me hopeful about the movies is kind of the, the undertone I got from her. I mean, it's, it's, it's this giant article, and then there's like two paragraphs about movies at the very end. Yeah. But based on what she said, it feels to me like Star Wars is transitioning into TV. Like its main form is going yeah. to be television. And they're only going to do a movie when it's special and it's something important and they've got the right thing. And because I think what set them up for failure a little bit, not that not that the movies are failure, but it set them up if they were going to continue. So it's like we need a movie every year and it's every and we're going to do the Skywalker saga every other year. And it just right. that pace killed them. And it and it just it just they fell under the weight of that pace, I think. And then you have, you know, like the like people like Bob Iger saying, oh, we had to pump the brakes because we were making stuff too fast, too much, too yeah. fast. Um, yeah. And so and that but I mean, that's that. And then that trickled down and, and Lucasfilm did slow down after that and yeah. uh, moved to streaming. Yeah. And in the article, Anthony Bresnikan, the writer, even highlights that, like, you know, Star Wars right now is working on fueling the sort of Disney Plus ecosystem and, and keeping people subscribing and and, you know, keeping that thing flush with with content. And uh, there's going to be a lot of Star Wars content in the future uh-huh. on that platform. And we might get a show for almost anything, you know, you can think of. I mean, it, it's almost like I don't want to connect it to comics because I know comics just seem like a completely different uh, sort of format. But it's I think no. you could really dive into these all types of characters. I think you yeah. get really obscure character stories yeah. on Disney Plus. And I hope they take risks and really explore some characters you'd never think would get a series, as well as Me the characters too. like Obi-Wan, who you'd obviously think should get a series. And we've been begging for since I think that was that's actually the thing I wanted most after the Disney acquisition was like, oh, we can get more insight into Obi-Wan. And like that's a character I've always wanted to see on screen for longer. So we're yeah, getting, and it's awesome. I think I found the quote that actually might tie two things together. What we were just saying about uh, the move to, uh, you know, video on demand and television uh, serials. And also uh, maybe what you were thinking about too, Grant. So this is uh, Kathleen Kennedy. What's unique about Star Wars is that we're one story, basically, says Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy. George is always dealing with episodes. Ironically, he was serializing his storytelling. He was influenced by Flash Gordon and cliffhangers on Saturdays at movie theaters. All of that informed what the DNA of Star Wars is, which is why I think it's just organic that we made the transition into television, which is a very eloquent way to, to explain in her this you know basic transition, even though you know video on demand is like the thing right now. But it actually makes sense if you think about yeah. it storytelling wise. It's like, you know, we can break this up. This is always supposed to be a serialized like yeah, uh, broken up storytelling and we're just going back to what it was always meant to be which is right uh, it's like the ring cycle you know it's like wagnerian it's right. even even though it's serialized the best star wars does feel operatic it does feel like a an odyssey um yeah. and so even though it's you know short storytelling and for you know it's short sort of cl- clips of, of one larger story in these in these trilogy films and stuff like that it's it's also just uh, it's also operatic, and I think that's important. Like I, I like when it's both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's a massive middle section where um, the author sort of goes back through everything, like the invention of Mandalorian, because I think we will be getting Mandalorian season three. Um, actually, I wish I had the actual. He they go through exactly when everything's coming out. Um, they mentioned but Ahsoka's 2023. Early 2023. We're gonna get we're gonna get Obi-Wan and then Andor this fall. 
Ahsoka twenty twenty three, and then I don't know. I don't know where Mando season. Three I think Mando is. season three is going to be our Christmas present. I think that will be, and uh, I can't <laughs> yeah. confirm yeah, that, that it's, it's in here. Yeah, as well. that's that makes the more sense because they're shooting that right now. So, mm-hmm. um, well, no, they're shooting Ahsoka right now. They just started doing that. They would be shooting both. But, I feel like because. Do we have confirmation that they're shooting Mando season three? I, I thought they were. But remember, like Boba Fett was kind of a secret kind of thing that they were shooting. And, yeah. and I feel like they have something up their sleeve that I think I I wonder if next week, because I feel like we're all expecting an Andor thing next week, of course. I wonder if they don't drop a, a Mando because there's so much. There is so much Favreau and Filoni on the schedule next week. It's kind of unbelievable. Yeah. They're like in everything. I feel like they're going to drop a trailer for season three. That would make sense. And I, I'm never going to be able to find it now um, that I'm going through it. But um, that sounds like sort of the way things are going uh, there, which is fun. Um, but yeah, it's good to go through it. They talk about the invention of the volume and how, you know, there's you know five volumes now and uh, I don't know. It's a good read, but it's not a lot of stuff we haven't already covered. Um, yeah. Mandalorian. Um, and then I think we get the Acolyte and we talked a little bit about, oh, actually Ahsoka and um, the travails of uh, Rosario Dawson not doing a very good job and her relationship with Hayden. They kind of like dovetailed in there talking. The, the article is amazingly written. It's it's a beautiful story, actually. It's a really yeah. fun read. But um, yeah, how she kind of prematurely posted something about being in a show with Hayden and then like the, you know, internet melted for a week. Yep. Um, yeah. I like the bit about Hayden too, how like he was, you know, there was a backlash against, I guess, you know, his, his performance in the prequel films uh, yeah. upon their release uh, and, you know, in the years after, and then, you know, uh, 20 years has passed and now he's like, I think they're over it <laughs> and I think they love me and they do. I think they, they do. I think we, I think, you know, it was it was smart to be patient for this long because I feel like, yeah, uh, it's an indelible character. It's it's Anakin Skywalker. It's the moody teen who turned into the even moodier adult. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know who also was lambasted for their moody teen performance in a Star Wars film? Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah, right. Like like sure. no one talked about human being like, on the planet. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. what happens is fans grow up and become very powerful with their wallet. Right. And so like, <laughs> like that's what happened with Mark Hamill and that's what's happened with Hayden Christensen. I can watch both of those films and say, wow, those are really raw young actors <laughs> who are learning their craft <laughs> in the middle of a George Lucas film. Right. <laughs> there's something to it though, that it's just like, I feel like there's a cadence to the way that, that, I don't know that it was precedent setting in both the prequels and the original trilogy that's carried forward into like the modern storytelling. Couldn't you argue that is the sort of Amblin aspect of Star Wars? Is the yeah. young actor sort of the like, poor uh, first, young act, the bad first sort of back. a high drama performance on screen? Yeah, totally. Yeah, because yeah. Spielberg definitely does that too in like Goonies and some of the other like kid movies, like this over the top, almost like, mm-hmm. yeah, there is a very 80s. Yes. Like, like tween. Like, I, now that you're saying family, that, I'm like, it totally is. Family, like, I think of all the movies uh, I watched as a kid. Film. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just think we go to, like that. And if you didn't have that, I wonder what the Dante films. movie, The Explorers. Right. And I wonder, what the, I, wonder what, I wonder what this movie would feel like if you didn't have the sort of like young uh, actor sort of at the, at the center. Right. Uh, yeah. Just cutting their chops for the first time. Yeah. I wonder what that'd be like. 
but I, I think it adds something. I think it's a, it's kind of like a, it's that um, the X factor. Yeah, it's yeah, it's got its own, it's got its own vibe. It provides um, that level of like camp, like the Flash Gordon kind of camp. Yeah, 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 it yeah, does. Yeah. That's what I mean, and it's it's almost like it's part of the what a Star Wars is. Is that especially sort of... Rise of Skywalker, where they're just like shouting banter at each other, and I'm just like, what is this? What's happening right now? They fly like, now. They fly now. They fly now. Interaction. Yeah. Anyways. Oh man. All right. Um. You know, we've talked a lot about this. Any other uh, big topics you want to come up with? We got the acolyte on here. Not a lot of um juicy bits. Everyone should go read this. We've talked about it for 40 minutes at this point. So, um, it's an amazing article and it's fun. And um, I think we've we've talked about most of the this. What do we think that Jedi Temple show is going to be titled? Oof. Um. I have no idea. I'll have something for you by the end of the show. <laughs> Apprentice, apprentice, Padawan, Padawans, like <laughs> Padawans. Younglings. younglings, training the trials, the Jedi trials, Jedi, the trials. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't it's know. Gonna be some, really... It's got to be something brand new, you yeah. know, or path to the temple or something, <laughs> or just I maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a series that is the sequel trilogy, like the first line of everyone. So it's like Jedi Luke Skywalker temple. is missing, and then we'll get the dead speak eventually. Will be a series. <laughs> <laughs> It's called The Dead Speak. Uh, it's the most metal <laughs> Star Wars show ever. Yeah. Um, that would be great. That would be great. As long um, as we get Beaumont Kin, I'm happy. A young, this is the story of a young Beaumont. Beaumont Kin, a Disney Plus Star Wars story. It's all. Yeah. I'll watch it. Give it to me. I would. There's a way to do that. As him as 11 year old, like nerd, <laughs> that will know it all. Yeah. Um, that'd be great. I'm there. That'd be great. I'm into it. More Babu Frick, too. We need more Babu Frick in Star Wars. In everything. No, not just Star Wars. Everything. Put Babu Frick in everything. Yeah, he should be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I want to see him in the DC. (laughs) Literally every show. I'm currently watching Heartstopper on uh, Netflix. Put him in that. Great. He would have been good in The Lincoln Lawyer, too. Yeah, I watched (laughs) some movies, like, and I'm just like, you know, make this movie better. Babu Frick. Babu Frick. (laughs) Just popping out of the cockpit. Be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, more Babu Frick. Old Ben Kermit. Of course, I know him. Okay, he's me. My favorite character in the Star Wars galaxy, Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, we're gonna talk about him right now, and I think we're gonna talk about him in sort of the context of obviously the Kenobi show that comes out next week which is going to be amazing. A week from today, we're going to have a double uh, episode drop for Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to talk about him right now. Let's. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought about breaking this up in two ways. If I'll put structure here and then to heck with structure afterwards. So do you want to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi after this show and then talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi be- leading up to the show? Is that a wild way to do it? No, yeah, I like it. I mean, it kind of is a... Uh... The way we met him, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, I mean, really, there's one event before A New Hope. Like, obviously, A New Hope is the first time we see Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it's legendary. Um, but there is, there was, Filoni added an occurrence that happens after this, which is his run-in with uh, Darth Maul. Right. Yeah. Um, and that is, an ama- it, it's in a scene in Rebels and, Obi-Wan finally finishes off Darth Maul, but it's poetic. We've talked about the scene a lot on this podcast. Yeah. Um, 
I don't, yeah, I don't even want to blow it too much. But uh, at that point, he's essentially, he's the Obi-Wan Kenobi we know from A New Hope. It's not, yeah. it's, he, there isn't much of a change but, there. But still rocking old school Obi-Wan poses. Because I put it up on the Instagram <laughs> oh, earlier yeah. this week of just like, it's like Alex Guinness Obi-Wan doing the Obi-Wan pose from uh, episode three. Yeah, and episode one. I mean, so that was the yeah. bit. I, you know the bit, right? Like where he goes into uh, his like classic Clone Wars stance, his Atari yeah. stance to begin against Maul. And then he changes stances um, into Qui-Gon Jinn's stance right. from, uh, from Phantom Menace. And so, and like you see the glint in Maul's eye, it's it's a super powerful scene. Yeah. And then There's kind of a traveling swordsman aspect to that episode in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we also know this takes place after the show and it showcases that he's been on Tatooine for a long time. He knows the desert. Um, he's an older man now. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's so so obviously that the show he's going to end up back on Tatooine and um we know that beaten rebels is pretty profound. It's the actual death of Darth Maul. It's the it's Darth Maul's final moment, which is right. pretty it's canon. So that's just that's really cool to note. Um, yeah, so that that happens. Yeah, and then we get a new hope. Yeah, right. He's not. Uh, he's mentioned in Rogue One. Um, no, he's not. He's not mentioned in Rogue One. I, oh yeah, he's, no, I think Bail Organa says. Get this he's, to, to General Kenobi. I think he's alluded to. Do they actually name check him? I guess they do. Uh, no, I think he says like there are others you know, or something who I have a friend or something like that. You know, I mean, like, yeah, I have a friend or something. Yeah, he yeah. alludes to uh, there be Obi-Wan. Right. And But I think Leia actually understands what he's alluding to in that moment. Right. Get uh, this to a friend or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we've we've got him, you know. Yeah. Old Ben. Organa has a Jedi friend. He Bale refers to it as a Jedi friend. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Which, I mean, A New Hope and uh, Sir Alec Guinness, Guinness's, you know, p- performance of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi is sort of like the seminal Jedi story and sort of like introduction to the Force and also like weirdly like one of the most Dune-inspired like characters in Star Wars, like mm-hmm. a guy who yeah. lives on a desert planet, like as like, I, he's, like a cool hyphenated name, and then like yeah. uses mind like tricks on you know like the he's a right, crazy old, old hermit wandering <laughs> the desert. He's very much Paul Atreides yeah. in like or uh, yeah Paul Atreides in like yeah. the third Dune book, <laughs> right? Yeah, and we all we all watched Hidden Fortress together too, and, and yeah. Hidden Fortress, yeah, he's the Tishir mm-hmm. Ufune sort of like. Right. A bodyguard sort of like character almost like protecting Luke, right? Like right. yeah, like old Ronan. Old ben. And that's why what I love about this sh- this show, Obi-Wan it, uh, Kenobi, is the line in New Hope, like Luke's knowledge of old Ben means we can basically like showcase a moment wherein Luke would like why he would know about him, why he refers to him with that sort of expression on his face, that sort of like Oh, do you mean old Ben? Old ben. Like the sort of yeah. like stick in the hills, like, and then like, then this story can kind of highlight a moment with like a young Luke seeing Obi Wan, or sort of like yeah, at least it's this, so open ended in that film. Like you could do so much. Like yeah. he could have hung out with him every weekend, or it could have been like one time he had a yeah, ride. Like there's a lot great. you can do with that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, yeah, and they can really entertain it generously. I mean, 
one thing we skipped over from the Vanity Fair piece is that it confirmed that that there's going to be a battle between a physical battle between Obi Wan <laughs> yeah. Kenobi and Darth Vader. Yeah. Um. Slash Anakin. Yeah. They, they confirmed mean, that I, a year ago, I think. Yeah. I still well, can't that it, that I'm actually going to witness that. Like I can't internalize it. They gave enough wiggle room with the way they kept referring to it until this yeah, article where I totally kept agree. figuring out all the ways they were going to justify it and trick it trick out. And now I'm like, oh, no, we're actually going to see them cross sabers in like it's not going to be force projection. Like it's going to be in same right. room, same people, same room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's even there's images of Hayden and uh, and you and sparring. Yeah. Like in this Vanity Fair piece, which is like it, it just breaks my mind. Uh, to yeah. think they're actually going to do that. I, I, why do you think they told us? That's the part that breaks my mind. Like, if it happened, I'd be like, oh, okay. And, like, we'll be taken through in the moment. <sighs> I'm sure it'll make sense. But it's like, why did they give us so much lead room? Because they're hiding something even bigger. Because that's what they did with Mando Season 2, right? Like, they told us all of these things to hide Luke Skywalker. Remember how many things came out about Mando Season 2? Like Ahsoka yeah. and all these other things, and and then we were still blown away by Luke. So I think there is, I think there are other cameos that are going to happen in the show that are being obfuscated by everyone focusing on the fact that Obi Wan and Darth Vader are going to fight. Okay, I love that. I love that explanation. That's a very yeah. optimistic uh, appraisal. I have no doubt they're going to fight, and when they do fight, I hope it's consequential. I hope, hope something's learned. Uh, I hope I hope Darth Vader learns something in all of this. I hope it changes yeah. changes the or like I guess adds complexity to, to Darth Vader because I I hope it's not just like everything elude like Obi Wan eludes it, uh, it you know uh, escapes sort of without Vader knowing that it was him or or like sort of like Obi Wan being a phantom kind of in the of the opera sort of like character who like you don't really know his identity like it's like that would uh, be I wouldn't want that I would want Vader no yeah. yeah me either I hope like, they don't cheat that way yeah no that would, that would be so if you're gonna go for it go for it all the way because you know dialogue they should they should talk maybe like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think they should talk kind of a lot and like whether it's force skyping or like or some other way that they. I don't know. Or maybe they have, it's parallel storytelling. Like maybe we're just hearing about what they're both going through. Um, but yeah, by the end of the article, Chow was saying like, I don't know how I could not have Hayden in this because it's so central to who Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. is at this point in his life. Like he's, he's got to put to bed his like old demons somehow. And I, I think based on how we, what's in a new hope, I know that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi calls him Darth in on the death star mm -hmm. which means like he's not calling him anakin anymore so yeah it's like my my brother's dead yeah so there's gonna be that and right and so this can be the horror this can be the moment of horror in the realization that yeah. this is his best friend and his brother and just the monster he's become and that's what this yeah. show can do that most dramatic moment for obi-wan kenobi the sort of what because and for darth he's Vader, more he's man than machine he's more machine than man now like you know what right I mean? like that, that's so that the cutting him I mean, to see through the cybernetics to see the man and it, it echoes the tree and empire it's like oh it's yeah like he's lost he's fallen that's the thing think about everything that obi-wan tells luke about vader right he never gives him a ray of hope about his father being yeah 
saved or anything. And and yeah. like and so I think you need that extra because even at the end of episode three, yes, I know, I know he killed the younglings and that's horrible. And I know he choked Padme, which is horrible. But I still leave that movie not convinced that Obi Wan leaves that thinking. That's it. Like, like he still you know, loves him. He still yeah. loves him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he so couldn't he kill him. Up. He couldn't. He couldn't end his life. He like no. ran yeah. away. Yeah. And running away and and exile and patience is something that's like super interesting to analyze because I think I think I almost judge him uh, like for for not being for kind of like losing some honor because after he made sure. Uh, Padme was okay like he could have could he could he not have gone to confront the emperor and like actually tried to like dethrone the empire emperor in some way like Obi-Wan yeah well I think he needed to try and he was concerned with saving Padme's life I know but but and and also he he didn't know like as far as you know Yoda was oh no he met up with Yoda yeah so and Yoda told him it's like we need to go into exile this is the thing yeah I I, that's what the problem is writing backwards samurai I thought they were samurai like warriors I thought they would yeah go attack the emperor after that that's the they had I want is they just like they just like gear up and go and that's (laughs) the infinity I want I'll give you guys that I'll I would say I would love that. We should totally do that. <laughs> if they hadn't made episodes four, five, and six 20 years before, that's a, exactly how that would happen. It's very clunky with this, like, oh, now, okay, you you take your brother, and I'll take, like, you know, scarred dude that you don't like instead of it. Really, the way that whole fight should have gone is Yoda should have gone to take Anakin, and Obi-Wan should have gone right. to take Palpatine. Yeah, that's exactly what but Yoda was way more powerful than Obi Wan. Like, yeah, Obi-Wan right. But had no Obi Wan would get smoked. Right. right but yeah. Anakin would be gone. It's like he would have been no emotional connection. Well, like, so I think that Obi Wan <laughs> Yoda, thinks... Yoda is just like he's just like done. Just cuts like, him in half. Just marl. or they would have been like, we're gonna go take out Anakin, and then we're gonna go take out the Emperor, or we're just gonna yeah. go take out the Emperor together. Like, right? Like, it all right. the logical. There's like four logical combinations. And the worst one is the one they choose because they had to do it because episodes four, five, and six were already made. Yeah. Like, like you know, it's just the way it is. I think, I mean, Obi-Wan's edict was to defeat Darth Vader, and he did, and he, or Anakin, rather, mm-hmm. and he did. And I really thought, he's like, I don't know what's going to come of him after this, but he's out of the game. Like, I think he was just like, yeah, whatever you are, like, I've beaten you for now. We need to get, you know, I'm going to rally back at the point and hopefully, you know, not apparently not go after the emperor again, but nope, I think they barely. had sort of one shot at it. And that was, you know, or they really took two shots at it. Right. The first pod and then uh, Yoda by himself. And then by then, right. He was already Supreme Emperor. But um, yeah, I mean, the other so the other fact we know about um, this thing is that Obi-Wan gets another sweet, sweet W by defeating Vader again, because. I, I think the quote is when last we met, you were the master and I was the learner. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think Obi-Wan's going to master that situation. Yeah. 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 Agreed. And I'm and that, excited to see that. And it's such a great line. Like, cause it, again, my head cannon was always like you, they never met again since episode three, but watching every interaction past that, I'm like, there's nothing in there. That says they haven't met again, right? Like, like that yeah. line still works with them meeting yeah. again at some point. So, 
I was so against this. I was so dreading this when I heard this news. And now I cannot wait to see anything else but this happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited to see you and just doing anything. I know. Anything. Just kicking around like, yeah, refugee. Like, is this going to be like Skyfall when he's at the uh, at the Scorpion bar? <laughs> That's going to be the flavor of Obi-Wan Kenobi we get, I think. Yeah. Great. I love the sleuthing. Like, mm -hmm. I just read the Christopher Cantwell comic, the number one. And yeah, it also kind of shows Obi-Wan as like, but like as a kid, sort of like as sort of investigating streets and alleys on Coruscant and as a sort of doing detective work. And yeah, me, I love detective Obi-Wan and I hope we get a lot of that in the show. And so. in the Michael Chen Brotherhood that just came out, um, he pays another visit to Coco Town to go oh. see uh, <laughs> um What's Dexter Jexter? That's where Dexter. Oh, Jester's, that's the part uh, of town. Yeah, yeah. That's Coco the town? that's the part of Coruscant. So Coco Town. Good. Nice. Coco uh, Town. So uh, the the confirmed Dexter Jester. Uh, yeah. Reappearance. Well, why I mean, don't we, we go to the why don't we go to the beginning of uh, Obi Wan's arc at this point? Um, sure. Talk about yeah. the end of it. Um, we don't have know much about his his young life, but. Don't um, Grant, you're reading. There's there's a new Obi Wan comic out, right? And you read the first issue, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we get some yeah. information about his like early his earliest life, right? So canonically, I mean, uh, I guess we should say he comes from the home world of, of Stu John, which is mm. <laughs> John Stewart, from the John Stewart uh, mm. program, uh, The Daily Show. Um, yeah, that's that's where he uh, that's his home planet, and um, you don't really know. You don't get a sense of his family but uh this story this this christopher cantwell comic it's uh obi-wan um number one uh younglings challenge um uh obviously christopher cantwell is the writer ariel anandito is the artist uh colors carlos lopez and uh caramonics lettering um that comic actually showcases like a nine-year-old a uh, youngling obi-wan like yeah youngling maybe, maybe like seven-year-old honestly he's like he seems pretty young and he uh he is hanging out with another uh, uh padawan um uh named garen and it's it's cool because like uh i remember reading the jedi apprentice books back in the day and there's like it features obi-wan like and sort of like other padawans and, and i remember those I, I barely remember those names but this is this is different this is a new name i believe i believe yeah, this is a garen. new character um, so it's sort of like this first sort of canon story for it, for him, that character, Garen, this, uh, this Jedi youngling is having like nightmares of her family and she, uh, leaves the Jedi temple by just like jumping off the wall into the layers and layers of city, uh, below and, um, goes to like the abyss of, of Coruscant and it's, um, and sort of like gets involved with these pirates and, uh, uh, our, um, young, uh, youngling Obi-Wan jumps off the ledge and follows her into the city. Nice. Into like the, the depths of Coruscant. It's it's awesome. Like it's a great comic. It's a great first issue. Um uh yeah, and he kind of searches for for her through the city and then uh, finds her again and she runs away and then he goes back to the temple and Yoda sort of like reprimands uh Obi-Wan and you sort of like get the first kind of Yoda Obi-Wan sort of, uh, story like oh, as well cool. connection. Which obviously is kind of what, what the heart of what I think is so intriguing Everything. about Obi Wan is this sort of these are the two sort of samurai who became exiles, kind of like 
who went into hiding like uh they're they're the masters they're the the actual council members who survived you know like this is the they're they are stewards of the the jedi order right like they're the the last stewards of the order it's kind of crazy and like as much as like obi-wan is sort of like a like a pragmatist and sort of like um can kind of see outside the order but also he's also i would also say sort of like um uh aligns with the the jedi's teachings like all his morals yeah. align perfectly with the jedi teachings and so he he actually does uh support it and is a steward i would say yeah i mean yeah. that's we ultimately he's a rule follower though we do know from the um i think it was the book right master and apprentice yeah the claudia gray book Right. He talks about some of his earlier life and he was like, I didn't think I was going to even get chosen to be a Padawan like yeah. for a while there. He was he had sort of a rough upbringing. And I mean, it sounds like it's got a little bit of a rebellious streak in him. And so we're going to get to see the uh, forming of of what he becomes in that comic book arc, which I'm really excited to read. Um, but yeah, then we have sort of young Obi-Wan. Um, and yeah, you know, is it's a lot of its master and apprentice and him having some you know he's a busy guy they they're everywhere together like obi-wan's a busy jedi and they're they're all over the galaxy yeah yeah Obi-Wan, they're, yeah. they're going all over the place yeah but they do spend a year on mandalore yeah Ooh, a sexy year on Mandalore. yeah <laughs> where uh, we figure out we find the uh the uh origins of his name ben really Satine, go on yeah, Satine. That's her nickname for him? Nickname was Ben. That's where he gets old Ben from. And they, they mentioned that in Brotherhood and that book that just came out. Okay. But it seemed like they were referencing something from previous, which I don't, I didn't recall if maybe in the Clone Wars arc was Satine. But yeah, but apparently Satine is the person who gave him the name Ben. Yeah. So I was watching that Clone Wars arc recently and there's an elevator scene that mirrors the elevator scene at the beginning of Attack of the Clones. Um, but at this time, it's uh, Obi-Wan that's just had a tiff with Satine in front of everybody. They, like, clearly have some sharp edges. And uh, and so it's it's Anakin having fun with him. And, um, yeah, it's pretty great. And that's when he's like, yeah, you know, we had this thing together and we were always on the run. And, you know, we were ambushed. And Anakin's like, sounds romantic. <laughs> and it just, you know, gives him a grunt or whatever. But, um it was it's a it's a good scene and it just talks about there was definitely a very you know their their courtship and when that happened but um that's funny to know that he picked that's a good tie-in to uh to Satine uh for later on if that's why he picked Ben Kenobi yeah as an alias um but uh, I bet I hope we'll see some of that in um the show I imagine we'll, we'll get some explanation there but yeah, more adventures with Qui Gon. I mean, we know the the whole rail rail Avaros rail Avaros right? arc, <laughs> and Obi met him right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah they spent so, a lot of time together, yeah. and because they were both former Padawans of Qui Gon, right? So, um, yeah, but Rail is the grizzled old you know like veteran who is he kind did. of gone astray. He's a rebel, you know. He's wearing a leather jacket and. Uh, boots and uh, there was some like diplomatic. There was some dispute, like diplomatic ordeal that yeah, I remember between that royal family and whatever it's I forget. Yeah. But um, 
it was great. I love that book. Yeah, Real Everos was like a if Billy Bob Thornton was Merlin, yeah. you know, to you know, to the court, and that's kind of what he was doing. But um, yeah, so that's that's what we get, and then it's pretty much you know we we're into the prequels, I think. Yeah. Uh, to circle back around to Ben and Satine. Sure. <laughs> Uh, that's from the novel Kenobi, which is no longer canon. That's the team oh, called him Ben. But Sino novel that I yeah. Love. But Michael Chen in the Brotherhood, which we'll, we'll cover in a later date, because we still have to read it. I read about a quarter of it. Did reference that occurring, so okay, that's so now recanonized. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> like safe. Yeah. <laughs> accurate. Sabak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, nice. That Lucino book Moving is really good. It was yeah. wait, was it yeah. was it Lucino or did I just say that? No, it's Miller. No, it's John, John Jackson, Jackson Miller. John Jackson Miller. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, just, that book is amazing. Just, I always make yeah, that they, mistake. And um, yeah. yeah, and they just re-released it in the Essential Legends collections. So if right. you want a okay. nice, cool paperback version of it, cool. Which I have, but have not read. It looks it. great. Yeah. It's a lot game. like the Mandalorian, actually. It's sort of him interacting with, you know, it, it, you know, it has the same feel as the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, where it's a lot of time on Tatooine, mm-hmm. um, solving small skirmishes, coming to terms with who he is. It, it's fun. I do have to say, when I was a kid and I saw Phantom Menace, guys, I know I'm a bit young, young, uh, in comparison to when you guys saw it, I, I was like, I was Obi Wan was my favorite part of that film. I was amped. Yeah, me, me too. He was my hero <laughs> yeah, after well, the movie. After that movie, I was like, this is Superman. This is uh, Batman. This is like the, the character I'm obsessed with, like for, the, I guess, the next five years of my life. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I was a huge, I was I was a big um, like younger fan prior to Phantom Menace coming out. So I was I was so excited when they announced that he was what, what's Obi-Wan. before that, like train spotting and like, train spotting. Yeah. Um, uh, there was um, um, oh, I can't think of that film that I loved. Um, there's a few. There's a few really there's good. A few. There's a there's a one about their their. Um, oh, it's coming to me, but it's you, about. You, yeah. you think about it. I'm just going to give you the there was a quote from the Vanity Fair article with you and he was saying like. It was a big choice to join Star Wars because you're kind of a Star Wars person for life. And he's like, my whole trajectory was this edgy indie film, like, yeah, uh, actor, like grungy, you know, indie film. And that's where I was headed. And that's where I thought my career was. And then he was just took the plunge as Obi-Wan. But I don't think it really disrupted his career that much. He's still done a million different things. He was a great actor before. And all, you know, his role as Obi-Wan's done is bright raise his profile as an actor he was fantastic in the prequels it's really funny because i it's i you know i think back i was like i was a total like movie i grew up in a video store so so i was all in those indie british films so he did a movie called shallow grave which is danny boyle's first movie oh wow which i watched at least once a week between the ages of 14 and 18 um (laughs) i don't I hope it's still good and I, I hope it's not problematic, but I haven't watched it. So I don't want to vouch, you know, I, I don't want to vouch for any film I loved when I was a teenager unless I've watched it recently. But it is a great thriller where basically there's roommates in a flat. They have a they have a, a new guy move in who dies and who just mysteriously dies and they discover all of this money in his room. And so they basically take all the money and hide the body and it becomes oh, a thriller. It's very shakes. It's very Hitchcockian in that way. Yeah. Um, 
it it was as i remember extremely good and i remember watching him that film and that was his second movie yeah i remember and he was so good in it and then train spotting was the year after and then i saw him in emma and a uh, life less ordinary and stuff like that so weirdly like he had only been acting for about four years before episode one but i was just like look this established actors in star wars because yeah. i had seen all of his movies it's wild he does like moulin rouge and black yeah. down between yeah. episode one and episode yeah. two. that's wild he was a busy dude that guy was like i need to make money right now <laughs> yeah the second half of the 1990s he was non-stop working it's it's really unbelievable how much how much work he did but he so i was so excited when he came out and then and then when i watched that movie the first time i was all about qui-gon but and then and then the last fight i was i was back on obi-wan like that that mall fight is amazing oh, i loved obi-wan i thought he was like the yeah. most heroic character in the star wars story period i was like wow okay this is cool yeah, fantastic. I mean, that's that was it too. Same experience. I was like, you know, Obi Wan and Qui Gon. I was like, just, just totally <laughs> so good. That's over. Smitten, yeah, just over the, the Jedi Master and Apprentice story in that encapsulated but, in that film. It was because it really focuses more on Qui Gon in the first film, and you're like, but Obi Wan, and then but you know, it's like brand new character. It does them both, but Obi Wan's kind of sneaky. It like keeps Obi Wan kind of like low profile, and then he's very important at the end of the film. And you're like, yeah, oh, I love that structure. It's a beautiful structure. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah, the the apprentice is forced to, you know, avenge the master, and like that. Yeah. I don't know. You don't get that very often in Star Wars, where it actually works out well. Usually, you know, the apprentice gets you know driven off or killed. Um, so pretty wild. A legendary um and yeah. that's the first time he killed Darth Maul. yeah <laughs> do you know yeah, that's rough guys i really thought he was dead that was kind of like why i was yeah. like this is that was such an impactful moment but again really again for jedi it's defeats they're defeating people right. they're not Sorry. killing yeah that's true you're right their deaths are incidental uh back to you mcgregor for a second do you know you mcgregor has an obi what yeah what what <laughs> What? He's an Obi? He, yeah, he's an Obi, an OBE, which is the most excellent order of the British Empire, which is an order of chivalry for the arts and sciences. Just saying. Ewan McGregor is right. an Obi and has an Obi. Okay. He should have an Obi. I will stop it. I may fall down a Ewan McGregor hole in the uh, internet. Yeah, saying. yeah. And he has a brother, and uh, he's a airport or a yeah, an Air Force pilot, and he's called Obi Two. He does like a motorcycle <laughs> diaries kind of show or something too. Uh, yes, my wife has watched all seasons and tells uh -huh. me a lot about it. That is her <laughs> my my wife's celebrity crushes Ian McGregor. Yeah, can't blame her. No, neither can um, I. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I may share that as well. <laughs> um, so I mean, going through the prequels, you know, I don't know. He's got a pretty good had a pretty good run as far as W's. Yeah, um, you know, he did. Gosh, who did he defeat? I mean, he beat Grievous. He beat uh, he beat Django. Django Fett, like in you yeah. Know, actually, Django escaped really, so I'll call that a draw. But, That's true. Uh, did not get defeated by uh, Django Fett. I no, he did lose twice to uh, Count Dooku, though. That's not great. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough. I tough, mean, tough. there's no well about it. He handily yep. got beat twice. <laughs> yep, sure did. Sure, <laughs> sure did. Sorry, Ben. I'm trying that to fight. remember. That the, fight is. I just think got my just got fight, dismissed no. by Dooku twice. Yeah. He was just like, and the you second one. Yeah, the second one was both of them are Anakin's fault. <laughs> but yeah. whatever. 
Yeah. yeah, Obi-Wan's renown is kind of given short shrift because, like, all these other Sith come out of the woodwork and then, like, he's just thrown to the side. And I'm like, no. He was... Yeah. I thought he was, like, the grand hero of the prequels. Right, but, like, two force pushes and, like, he's too disqualified out of the ring. <laughs> he's gone. Fights with Dooku. <laughs> he's like, out. Really? It's Anakin's story. It's yeah, Yoda. It's Yeah. 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 But uh, other than that, pretty, pretty good track record. Um, yeah, you always have I, a blind spot for Dooku, I guess. Yeah, but I think that's why George gave him that amazing fight at the end of episode three. Yeah, right? like you needed another Obi Wan yeah. win. That was an epic, like just real yeah, win, right. like just yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It does kind of mirror the first film, which is beautiful. Yeah, and he's you know he grows as a you know as a teacher. He becomes you know I mean. He's really only ever been an, a brother to Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and by the end of it, they're, you know, heroes together and they have their different styles where Anakin's brash and like super strong and, you know, Obi-Wan's more reserved and tactical and, you know, does his thing. He's, I mean, pretty good general. And then he gets sent on a bunch of like undercover missions too, right? Yeah. He, has to, he uh, goes to prison, right? Yeah. Once. Um, he, he has to do that. He wears uh, uh, bounty hunter armor and is like That's tracking right. down. I think he had an arc with Boba Fett, with like young Boba Fett, and like both times it was tied in with him. Right. Uh, and he's the that. guy they send, you know, the council sends undercover, which is a pretty cool thing, leaning on more of this the, uh, investigator uh, superpower. Yeah. And countless military operations during the Clone Wars yeah. um, and sort of battle tested, like. Obi-Wan and Anakin are battle tested um, before Revenge of the Sith begins because Revenge of the Sith obviously takes place at the, the very end of uh, yeah. the war. And so uh, it's it's very cool to see their development um, through that show. Uh, that was, yeah, honestly, the best part of that show was honestly how they dealt, dealt with each dispute on each world and yeah. the separatists and um pirates and mandalorians you know death watch and all that kind of stuff like i i loved obi-wan's adventures in that show right yeah Yeah, i might be ready for a fourth rewatch right i know it's it's really good i bet i'd get a lot more out of it now after having all these podcasts in between and thinking about these characters in different ways and plus it's just like over time there's more content which gives more perspective on a character and it sort of changes the whole story again for you um which is kind of fun it like has that ripple effect through the whole galaxy because everything's connected and yep. the same thing so um that's always fun to see um yeah his battles i'm trying to think of him as like a naval officer like you know he's always on the deck he's like rock steady i have you know he doesn't he's not flashy he doesn't have any like crazy battle maneuvers that win battles he's just general does his job and and leaves and plays it pretty conservative the whole time i can't think of any like crazy you know they they have a ton for anakin where he does these crazy maneuvers to gain you know statch victory from the jaws of defeat and that sort of thing but Mm. um not as much with obi-wan i don't remember no, he's more of a tactician, like you said, very yeah. thoughtful, like just, Tactile. yeah, 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 um, that's sort of it. It's funny, yeah. I wrote down tactician in this list. I was like, what are some words yeah. I think of when I think of Obi-Wan? Uh, obviously mentor, but um, 
Because like it, we haven't even talked about that really. Like, how is he mentoring Anakin in Attack of the Clones and into the Clone Wars? Like, what what is that doing to him? That's shaping him, right? Like, that's yeah. in the show we're about to see. Like, I imagine the Anakin relationship is the closest thing he has to a brother, obviously, and he is thinking about it often. And so it's a lost brother more than it's a lost Padawan or, you know, so, cause like, obviously they're just like knights and masters at the point of when, or I guess, you know, obviously Anakin, yeah. not a master, but um, they're sort of like, they're connected in, in sort of like just friends in the, in the order at this point. Um, I have a question for you guys. So does, Obi-Wan Kenobi at this point when this show is going to happen, does he know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? Or does he think Anakin yeah. Skywalker? Well, I mean, does he think Anakin Skywalker's dead? I well, think he thinks he's dead and finds out like I think before the show starts, he thinks Anakin's dead. Cuz it would be wouldn't how it would be much more powerful for him to figure that out in this show. I think so. I think especially, you know, we've talked about having the inquisitorious in the show and how we feel about that one of the benefits of that is that he knows there are fallen jedi so it would it wouldn't it, would, it wouldn't be a leap for him to see vader and think this is just another fallen jedi this isn't anakin skywalker right this is just another person yeah. right and so you could see him thinking that like this is just another person who oh, I'm, I'm hoping they do the og original trilogy sort of like by proximity, they can sense one another like pretty early and yeah, like, like within like you know miles within each other. That would be cool. They can, they yeah, can, so you think it's gonna be like a force sense thing? Like he'll yeah, find yeah, the force proximity? sense. Yeah, I want them to. Yeah, I hope it's and that's how he sense. figures it out. Yeah, yeah but, really, but before then, I he really really hope that happens. You could have your cake and eat it too because yeah. he could see Vader through hollow feeds or something like that and have this yeah. assumption feel Anakin search that feeling out right and then see yeah. that it's see that it's vader and have that I also think horrific nothing scarier than like i hope this is like t2 basically i hope the end <laughs> of this uh series is like terminator 2 because i i want vader to seem absolutely terrifying like what yeah. rogue one did but just like times a thousand like it's he, yeah when he's coming for you he just like shreds entire hallways and just like yeah. will get to you no matter what you know, what you think about Anakin's it might be this is anger. This yeah, and to have Obi Wan actually witness that, witness like it. I guess, yeah, he did see it on the video in the Jedi Temple, but it's different than watching him actively like just yeah. cutting through swaths of people. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, yeah. That's there's a lot to play with there, and I don't know I, because speaking of the video, didn't wasn't part of the video when he was kneeling before the Emperor and like no. in that oh, yeah. I don't know if there was audio with that, but if there was, that was him being like rise Lord Vader. So that could be a clue. Um, but well, yeah, I don't know. That's going to be a fun aspect of it. You see how yeah, that's that's that could be point. super powerful. You think Ahsoka is going to play a part in this show at all? I don't know. I feel like Ahsoka could. I also feel like um, the Mandalorian could pop up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. They were, I mean, Rosario Dawson thought that Hayden was going to be in her show, in the Ahsoka show, I thought. Yeah. Um, which or, would be yeah. cool, actually. Because there's, I mean, that's the only other person with as close a relationship as Obi and Anakin is uh, Ahsoka and Anakin, right? So, 
um, she's a huge part of that equation. But I, I feel like they'll probably just focus on Obi-Wan's relationship for this show. I don't know. I just thought it out. This yeah. Vanity Fair thing threw me like for all the loop. Yep. Yeah. I do think sure. we're going to get like some Jimmy Smith's Bill Organa Rogue yeah. One sort of oh, Jimmy yeah. Smith's action. That's okay. going to happen. Yeah. I, I, think I also like guaranteed, honestly. That's I think so too. <laughs> I also wonder if we're being shown a lot of not a lot, but they're specifically showing us Luke in yeah. in the previews, and I'm wondering if that's a red herring. That yeah. that might not be the Skywalker. Maybe the spending. other sibling. Maybe yeah, the uh, most time with of more importance in the show. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. It? Yeah. Um, so it's actually going to really you, This is some tinfoil stuff, guys. Yeah. Grant, you were talking about this before the show. Yeah, I have. I have actually. Guys, be I, yeah, I have a dream kind of like fanfic. I guess I, I wrote a sort of treatment for a series and also a few scripts of, of, of like an Alderaan series. And I'm like, you know, if they're ever going to do something super impactful with the kids when they're young, like th- the only story you might do that in is Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know what I mean? Like because he uh, when we left him in Revenge of the Sith, I mean, there's. There's not just one thread with the Vader thread we have to connect here. There's also the two other threads, the Luke and Leia threads. Those have to also be, I think, like um, continued right um, through this show and into a new hope. Right. Like it has to be a smooth transition. And I think like Leia's story is key throughout when you really look into even into, even into the sequels and obviously um, the original trilogy. Uh, I think that I think Leia would be a really smart move for the show, just given like to have more have some sort of Leia storyline because it, it's totally bonkers. Just looking Everything, out for both of them, I would imagine. Yeah, Yoda's saying sounds retired like retired on a swamp planet. Like he he's looking out out for them. I feel. Yeah. No, you're totally right. They both yeah. should be treated equally. And I was like, that's crazy. They'll never do it because it's such a cut and dry thing. But if if Owen is owen lars is like get out of here i don't want you here and he's been hearing that for 10 years or however long he's been on tatooine maybe he's like okay well if i can't do this i'll go protect leia and go to alderaan yeah and um there could actually be some time there like i could see them telling that like that would be a massive red herring um but it would be cool and it gets him off the planet and it makes sense and like that could be really cool i mean the other thing is like I still doubt for a minute, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating something that someone said. But, like, we know that Bail Organa is a major force in the galaxy. Yeah. And that he's under scrutiny more. And if he has a child who is Force-sensitive, that is probably much more likely to come to the attention of people than some kid in a backwater planet. Right, right. And so what if you have these, what if it's, part of it is that Obi-Wan, through all this, through interacting with the Inquisitorious, figure out that, someone's figured out that Bail Organa has this force sensitive kid. Oh, wow. That would be great. You know why that'd be so fantastic is because it'd be like sort of like this princess of Alderaan who has force ability and the empire sort of catches wind and they're like, take her hostage or something like that. And then, and then they're like, well, you know, it's, it's not the midi chlorine levels aren't off the charts. So we'll like, we'll like give her back or something like that. And like allow Viceroy Organa to like keep her, you know, keep his job yeah or obi-wan has to like dispatch the that'd be cool inquisitories and the records right yeah that was right yeah on, that'd this, be awesome. on this like planet yeah. chase right yeah, I don't know. yeah yeah yeah, yeah a, and he, um, you know he won't be able to go to 
Fortress Inquisitorius because we yeah. do that in Fallen Order. Like he won't be able to go to the heart of the Inquisitor, right? Sort of right. Home base because we already. But we're gonna see it, which is really cool. I, yeah, I'm we're gonna spend it. time there, but I don't think it'll be. Yeah, yeah. it'll just be yeah. briefings for the Inquisitors. It'll be yeah. like yeah. it'll be like yeah. them, just yeah. like. Yeah. It's still gonna be so awesome for me though, having read. I the know. Comics yeah. And like knowing yeah. and playing the game, like. I don't know, just being in that space, it's probably just going to be a, a dumb room with some lit up black panels, but it's like, whatever. To me, it's, I'm going to yeah. be like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Inside. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's right. it, dude, guys, it's great to be alive. I, I've, <laughs> I am so happy. It's so true. Like, and as a Star Wars fan, this is the greatest time ever. So and excited. all the stuff, you know, when I was a kid that I was obsessed with, like in Marvel and Star Wars, it's all just on the on the big screen and on streaming. And it's just I'm, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this 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 show is going to be special. I feel like, yeah, there could be a Leia story involved. Luke, um, he's going to confront Vader. What else is important for Obi-Wan? Uh, Satine. Like, are we going to get yeah. Satine? Are we going to get some Qui-Gon? What, what's the ramifications of Qui-Gon? It's got to be some Qui-Gon. Like, there's got to be Qui-Gon. Neeson, I think, made up for his his um, political sort of like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, issue whatever happened what what yeah he he said some horrific thing and then i guess he uh, said he said some really tone deaf things yeah, tone deaf in, thing. in in in, ugh, in the guise of trying to be thoughtful he was extremely thoughtless right. if that makes sense like yeah. he's trying to make a point that was bad and he was dumb about it he didn't say so anyway i don't want to i don't want to you know yeah. re-litigate it but i feel like he i don't know if he made up for it so much as on the litany of things that famous actors have done in the past three years, this has drifted pretty far under the radar. People are like, yeah, 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 whatever. We've got other yeah, things yeah. that we're dealing with other right things. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's somewhat maybe forgotten more than forgiven. Um, and then, so I think he's, I think he's going to show up. I think we're going to get Yoda. We're going to get Yoda. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, that makes sense. You're saying Tarkin too? Like that's okay. Yeah, I know I all the things so. we're saying right now. This is this if everything we've talked about is in here. I mean, we're talking. This is an epic show. Yeah, epic they might show. save Tarkin for Andor, but right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, because instead it's more pivoted towards the Inquisitorius, and that'll be the best. All right, where 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 guys. do where do Vader and Obi Wan fight at the end that's of the film? Such a good question. It's I, I'll tell you, it's not. It's definitely not Tatooine. Um, yeah, it looks like it's on another volcanic planet. I'm going to get Sullust. All right. Or it's on like a mountain ridge in Alderaan or something. You Whoa. Know? Yeah, there we go. Guess. Well, Ben that's called a, it, so it's definitely happening now. That's a great guess. That's Ben's oh That's God. Ben's like Disney Plus Whisperer <laughs> mojo <laughs> right there. Fantasy. That's awesome. Called um, right now. Yeah. Uh, just based off that, like that, uh, we did get one image. It was very stylized, but mm -hmm. it did. It looked like it was like on a Kef beer or like some rocky outcropping. And you got to know, it's like if they're going to do this, they're going to do this off the board. They're going to go some like there's an, there isn't going to be an audience for that fight. Yeah, no, it's going to be very. And we also want the the set piece also like the the actual production design and the set has to kind of evoke like Return of the Jedi and Luke sort of evading Vader and Vader sort of tracking Luke and like the, I guess the, the, the shadows underneath, the shadowy like underbelly of the, like the staircase and the sort of like rafters and stuff and like yeah. looking, looking for Luke. Like even Empire has that sort of like sequence where mm -hmm. they're like 
as this, this this sort of like tracking each other down hallways and that's the yeah. Vader's thing. a hunter. Vader's like a hunter. Vader's like a monster from like an old old sort of yeah. like horror monster flick. Like you almost want the location to almost have like tunnels or uh, I don't know. Like if you saw Doctor Strange, like a lot of hallways. Like it might be interesting to have like a lot of hallways in terms of Vader hunting Obi Wan. Like sort yeah. of like a maze yeah. almost. The like, Minotaur in the maze. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think would be a really great way to do it because we're we're about halfway between episode three and episode four right so if you think about it in terms of like power level and ability level we're halfway between what we see obi-wan do at the end of episode three and what we see obi-wan do in episode four yeah right so at, at the same time we have vader who has just been like fighting 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 for the past 10 years training basically right in the ways of the sith yeah and we've had obi-wan who's been training in the way of being a hermit Right. Yep. Like, I don't think he's got a lot of like lightsaber practicing in there. Right. And so I like this idea that you get this more cat and mouse type of fight. Right. But don't you think this show is going to show that the true evolution, the ultimate evolution of Obi-Wan Kenobi into the the wise old hermit? Right. Yes. The one that, 100%. that has the answers. It's that's that's confident and comfortable and at peace with the force. Like he's, you know, this is going to be the super the uh, to, to call on. um Hero of a Thousand Faces. This is the apotheosis, right? Yeah. This is him sort of dying and coming back with heavenly, with the heavenly gift of, of wisdom, I think, is going to be through whatever this crucible is that he goes through. Yeah, which is why I think he will win this fight, but it's not going to be the fight in episode three where they're jumping right. and fighting and swinging yeah. lightsabers. Like he is beating him, him through his mind, through cat and mouse, yeah. through, yeah. yeah. I do think Obi-Wan can get injured in this fight, though. He could yeah. get like oh, Vader could strike his like back or yeah. something like that. That's interesting. Yeah, in slow him down way. to the Alex. To Alex slow him gets... down so when they fight, yeah. it makes perfect sense because he like struck him like pretty yeah. bad in that fight. Or maybe he sucks his life power out. So he sure. so he yeah, so somehow that explains why, why did he, he age so much? He's like <laughs> yeah. sixty. Alex Sarah is like sixty three. I think actually he's the same age as Ewan McGregor is now. Yeah, is like he, if a life drain scene, Adam. If we get that, I will literally like stand up and call you immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what well, you'll probably be sitting shouting. Up. Yeah, uh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, it was sixty-two in uh, during yeah. Star Wars Alice Guinness. That's, and, uh, that's not clean living, kids. That's <laughs> yeah. It's also it was also the seventies. Yeah, this well, and, yeah. I mean, and again, that makes sense because because uh, Eva Gregor's fifty-one. Right. Oh, and so but but this is this is about 10 years before episode four. So so yeah. this is set kind of perfectly. I mean, again, Perfect. 51 now, yeah. th that 10 years is more like a 30 year difference in terms of how our movie stars age now right. compared yeah. to 1970s. I think this story. But then also, like, is it redundant for him to, like, cut Vader's helmet and see, like, the eye? Because I like I almost want that to happen in this show. You know, I you know what? Use it. It's such an amazing moment in Rebels that I'd be fine if they imagery. stole it. Yeah, I would say like mess up the breather so he has to take his mask off or something. Like I would love to see something weird happen where it's almost like art house where Vader like falls over, has to take off his entire helmet. It's like yeah. he's breathing weird differently and like and it has a device to maybe turn on that allows him to breathe like in just like a Darth Malgus, if you remember the older public. Oh games. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like I a, can totally see them. Just doing the mouthpiece for a second. Yeah. And that would yeah. be fun. Then you get a lot of Hayden right there. You get a lot of Hayden. I think we're going to get a lot of Hayden. I think we are. You know, in yeah. the uh, Tony, Tony Gilroy said uh, that 
Mon Mothma, we're going to get a lot of Mon Mothma in Andor. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be a parallel story that's being told. She there. looks great, too. There's there's a photo of her. Yeah, Genevieve. Genevieve uh, O'Reilly. She O'Reilly, looks right, fantastic. Yeah, she looks it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to get that there. And so here, I think we're going to get a lot of Hades. But she's kind of, I guess he, they're pushing her like mystical priestess again, like 70s mystical. Yes, please. Like guru, sort of like. Uh, this is uh, the age theater. of Aquarius. And I'm like, that's why I come to Star Wars. Because like, right? you got yeah. Squid Mon Calamari guys and you got, you know, like a, uh, I guess like a <laughs> Woodstock hippie. Flower uh, child. Flower uh, rebellion yeah. leader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. That was I can get behind this faction. I mean, again, totally. let's not forget the classic line, ain't in this for your revolution. Uh, yeah. The best Han Solo line ever. Like, it's it's the 70s were the 70s, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Far out. Uh, oh, wait, is, is, is Tony Gilroy writing her like that, though? Or is he writing her like more, uh, I guess, tactician sort of like? And he knows what's good for him. I want her to be weird. I want yeah, you know, I want the yeah, weird. Yeah, I really want the weirdness to be weird. But like, Chandler she's so tactical that she's weird. You know what I mean? Like, it's Dune like almost like Benny Gesserit esque. Yeah, like, I mean, like, you can do both. Like, have her be like hippy dippy, yeah. but also smart. Like, you can have yeah. both, right? Like, you can <laughs> yeah, exactly be a master tactician, but yeah. also super Just weird. Kind of and... psychedelic, like a kind yeah. of psychedelic leader. Yeah, I would love that. Oh yeah, that would be so fun. Yeah. So, because that's how she is. Like, she's like, this is the age of Aquarius yeah. lead singer. Like that. I mean, know. that many Bothans died line. It's just like the way she delivers that line is <laughs> like so great and yeah. it's so yeah. weird and like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I hope I, that begins. Oh. Far out, far out. I think we're there. Uh, we've we've talked a long time right now, and now we're finally like, and this is what the show will be. Actually, I'm going to end you on uh, with my prediction. I. I dug out mine. I didn't dig out yours, but this was mine back in 2021. I think we made predictions. Uh, And I said, Obi-Wan deals with the past traumatic stress of killing his brother, meditates on the future, and solves the mystery that ties past and future together. Who is Darth Vader? That that was my... Oh, that's perfect. That's absolutely absolutely perfect. I don't remember mine, but I'm pretty sure it was just what we saw in um, Boba Fett. So you can just kind of get rid of mine. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, mine was about like an inspector coming to yes. Tatooine, which they're yeah. doing. That's just yeah. like a, that's just yeah, the beginning. Yours is really the closest. It's pretty close. It's very close. Yeah, yeah. it's from what we've heard already. I, mean, I, I think mine. The Inquisitors land on Tatooine. Honestly, I was yeah. surprised. No, actually, and this is gonna sound such like a cheat. You know what mine was? What was it? Sea Grants. No, no. that's what I was. Grant pitched his, and I loved it so much. I'm like, I I just do do Grant's (laughs) because you've yeah, you've talked about the series before it was even. Yeah, I just thought I was. I think it was dueling detectives is what I wanted, like a ISP sort of like um, security personnel, like in Reva or in Mm -hmm. whatever Imperial officers are involved in tracking Obi Wan, like in that sort of idea, but in one character and Mm -hmm. in a woman. And uh, Reva yeah. is sort of that role, Reva's, honestly. Like, Reva's it that much seems like she's said, that. Yeah. But it's just that plus force ability. It's just like, instead of ISB, I think I did the exact same, almost like it's a very similar story. But instead of uh, Inquisitor, I did IS, ISB because I've always thought Inquisitors are just like too cool. And as you can see, Reva's costume is just off oh my the God. chain. She's behind me right the now. Greatest costume I think ever designed <laughs> in also, Star Wars. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, just. 
I didn't know if like people were ready for that cool factor because it's almost like yeah. Marvel. It's like almost just like so cool. I don't know. And um, Star is, Wars has always been like, funky it. and bad looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that no, like, it's true. That, that sort of yeah. like worn out, bad, you yeah. know, um, poorly designed, clunky sort of design. I, I like that sort of. Uh, and that's very much what ISB agents look like. They have weird helmets, yeah. and weird <laughs> they uniforms. It's yeah. like her. Yeah, it looks her pretty thing stupid. seems like halfway between both those things. They backed it down a little bit from what the Inquisitorius looks like in Rebels. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like hers look a little more real world e. That's, that's that I love that she sense. doesn't have a helmet. Yes, I think it's yeah. that. I don't know. It adds a lot more gravity, and she's just like, yeah, perfect. She looks like perfect. There. Yeah, you have fifth brother behind me, and his robes look incredible. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah. Looks, yeah. His is more, more like, like Samurai, like, like Mortal Kombat sort of. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, basically, <laughs> the robes are awesome. Yeah. Oh, this is. It also be... has some cybernetics. Yeah. On yeah. his, they're going on too. Yeah, it's it's. Right. I'm fascinated. Man, so the next time we do a podcast, it'll be after an Obi Wan episode, right? Yes. After two Obi Wan episodes. Two Obi Wan episodes, and also the beginning of Star Wars Celebration. So yeah, that's gonna Holy be cow. a heck of a thing. Get psyched. Um, get psyched. Go read the comic in the book, the book's Brotherhood. Yep. And the comics out there. Um, get fired up. They always love to drop synergistic little notes and hints in those things. Um, they they know when those things uh when things get published. So check it out. And um we'll talk to you next week uh with like tremendous smiles on our faces. Uh <laughs> we'll be in the same place, which would be the first time in a long time. Yeah um and yeah it's gonna be amazing so uh thanks very much for listening to us and as always may the force be with you this is grex kondak signing off for the latest breaking news follow at core world news on twitter and instagram thank you and good night remember the force will be with you always